Welcome to the Growing Rural Podcast, where we focus on all things rural in South Carolina. We will discuss topics on healthcare, economy, education, and the unique culture that is our rural state. This podcast is supported by the South Carolina Center for Rural and Primary Healthcare. Please join us for today's topic. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Growing Rural Podcast. I'm your host for today, Andrea Mitchell, and our guest joining us today is Lydia Cotton. She serves as the North Charleston Hispanic Liaison. She's the former City of Charleston Latino Ambassador, Mayor's Commission on Homelessness, and is also on the Commission on Women's City of Charleston. She is also the current president of ArtPod. Welcome to the podcast, Lydia. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Andrea, and thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to your role here in South Carolina. In 1989, I visited South Carolina, and I fell in love with it. I just came to visit, not to stay, so I stayed. (laughs) And at the age of uh, 40 years old, I become cancer survivor, brain cancer survivor, and uh, on top of that, a mini stroke that stopped my life for two years. Tried to recuperate after a very difficult brain surgery. And those two years, um, I had plenty of time to think about what I'm going to do next. So for the first time uh, since, night, since 2003, uh, which is, was my surgery, by 2005, I decided to give my all to the community as a volunteer. And since 2005, I start to walk in the walk and talk to everybody that I can to serve as a volunteers 24 seven. That is awesome. So not only do you have an amazing resume, you're an inspiration. So thank you for sharing that. Um, so for those who may not know, can you tell us about the challenges faced by Hispanics in Charleston and how that has shaped your work? I'm trying to focus on the base of the Hispanic Latino community. I know uh, there's a area where Latino citizens is a great movement and great representation, but I'm focused on the base. Now that doesn't mean that everybody on the base is it doesn't have documentation, but I'm focused on those parents more than anything. The vision for me is to. Um, <clears throat> Understand first as a Puerto Rican, I need to really understand every country, right? So I took my time to talk to everybody that I can as well in the base of the community to understand, you know, how to communicate better with Guatemala, with every country that I can. And from there to understand and listen to the issues and the problems. So I find out through all these years that there are huge issue when it comes to communication between the base of the community and everything else. Mm-hmm. It, is a, it is a gap that back then, well, now it's getting better, right? Thanks to this opportunity also, not, not to me because I'm representing the community, but to everybody can find out that 2005, back then it was very difficult. It was not hardly people that can uh, translate, that, you know, can listen to the community. And and that, to me, is everything, you know. So 
I'm happy to tell you that things are getting a little bit better, but we still have a lot of long way to go. Absolutely. So you've, you've also been involved in a great deal of advocacy work. Um, can you talk about the need for community involvement and participation in civic issues? Yes, and I go back to the base of the community. I really want the base of the community to work on that fear factor, right? That giant, that monster that is fear. And I'm trying very hard to help them to get up and give back to the community, making sure that the community of the base, starting with the base, to give back in, in different ways, you know, any way, the shape or form they can feel like to, but when it comes to um, volunteerism, we definitely achieve to create, you know, a movement where those same mom and dads, they were fearful, now today are great volunteers. Mm -hmm. And it's the voice of the community, including on social media. They never thought they could do that when it comes to uh, being a volunteer. They thought that being a volunteer is be out there and walk the community from your phone, from your social media, from this place right now, you know, we can do that. So uh, I hope that I explain myself there because to me, the more important part of everything is give back. Right. And that's what we're trying to do. So you, you talked about some of the fear that was prevalent in, in some of the communities that you've worked with. What do you think that fear was, was based off of? Where do you think that came from? I think the conversations about immigration and and also the fear of the children about what's going to happen to their parents, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, the fear definitely is number one. Still number one in my eyes mm -hmm. uh, because I walk every day, you know, the community, and that's what I see. Right. But the good part of, of this is that we find that we can convert fear of something totally different. We, we, we have the power to confront fear mm, I love that. with education. So the education component is definitely our savior when it comes to fight the fear factor. So can you tell us about the art pod, um, the multicultural group and how it has provided a space for children to express themselves? Wow, art pod is I'm going to try to explain what art part is. Yes. It's my heart. And, you know, back in 2009, when we have a really hard time talking about immigration, I was stuck in the community when it comes to communication because everybody was so fearful. That That's when the highest I felt since, 2009, since 2005. And I met this artist, Maribel Acosta, Cuban-American artist that is also an educator. And I, when I met her, I was like, you know, I'm stuck with the communication. And she said, well, let's unite and let's teach through the arts. And that's where art part born. Art part is a part of many flavors, of many ideas, of a movement, of people, of countries, you know, that it create as we go through the arts. And let me give an example. We were able with the community except the grassroots community build our own building right wow. yeah and when That's it's amazing. you know we rent a place and we turn down everything on that old church that it was not used and build it back as a theater when COVID came we lost everything oh, no. yeah but that doesn't stop us because the beauty of the art and education is that you are become creative mm. and together we change the whole dynamic 
and from losing our center where we give theater and you know visual arts to the children then we went to social media and now you know the community grow from maybe 300 people 500 people a month now 15 20,000 people see us and the same mom and dad are doing you know the work uh, when it comes to communication so they are still there we are definitely our dream is to have our own home one more time own it we're not going to rent it and and now we're going to the documentary film we're working with film in order to send the, the message of the community. So the art is everything when it comes to, you know, our part. Even though we're outside when the COVID time, we went to the park and built benches with our own hands, wow. right? And we went to another park and bring doors of community, a fence full of doors and colors. So the arts is there, definitely in a different way. Can you talk a little bit about the documentary? I have this really, really beautiful flyer in front of us that you shared with us. Can you can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I suggest everybody to go to the website, www.amonthandsomedays.com to see these two great, fantastic, brilliant students. Um, Abril and Corin, and but under the duration of our director, Maribel Acosta, they interview around 20 students or 15. Um, I was, I would just help to organize the, the part of showing the movie now, but I was not part of the process. It was an internship. And when you see the movie, you really understand what is happening in the grassroots community in the area of the low country. You know, we're not trying to speak for all, all over the state, but this movie is definitely documentary powerful. Where people, the, 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 the ones that I'm talking to you about, including students from university, parents, children are talking mm. and saying who they are and, and telling the story in a way never seen before. It's the, I think it's the... Uh, the first documentary that is being done in our area of the low country of this magnitude. So I suggest everybody to watch it. Uh, it's coming soon to Columbia. Very We're nice. going to be announcing that. That's very exciting. And the website that you want people to visit is a amonthandsomedays.com, correct? Exactly, okay. yes. Okay. All yes. Right. You can see the processes there, how the students did it. You can see the the shows that you know the presentations are coming you can see everything on that website that's awesome and the tri-county area which t- which three counties does that cover charleston berkeley and dorchester county so let's talk a little bit about some of your work um, as a liaison with the hispanic community and the department of the police in the city of north charleston how has that helped reduce crime and and you know i think Within the last two years, not only have we been working through COVID, but we've been working through race relations. So I, I'm sure you can, you know, share some of your insight on that. Well, I'm going to focus again on the grassroots Hispanic community where the fear factor is a monster, right? Mm-hmm. Back then in 2005, we, and, and, and let me tell you, it didn't stop yet. The robberies against mm-hmm. the Hispanic community, the assault, including, you know, homicides, right? Really bad situations. So when we talk about the, with the community, they, do we find out that 
It was impossible for them to understand. You had to report it. And when I noticed uh, that it was an argument between the police and the community, I took another route. I was, I talked to the community, said, look, we're going for the route of unity of the police. Not because we agree with the police. It's because if we don't teach you that you cannot be afraid of making a simple report, we were not going nowhere. And that is when the people understood that we were going the right way to unite them together. So the reporting part, it was the main focus for us. We've been very successful. It's documented on the newspaper, Boston Courier. You can look on the My Name and Lydia Cotton, her Hispanic community, and we really lowered the crime since then. We've been very successful. Many people have been arrested because of all the crimes that's been committed against the base of the Latino community. And sincerely, uh, it's been a very interesting way to communicate with them because through the arts, you can imagine this, a meeting with the Hispanic community where maybe 100 people are there. We put a police officer in front of a person, Latino, Put a uh, make sure that that officer pain, pain something life while we're doing the meeting, thinking about what that person's going through, and vice versa. So how as the meeting goes on, they're painting about themselves, and then later they have to explain why they're painting that. So one officer painted duck on the water. And everybody was like, well, you think that we are dogs? So what do you mean with that? You know, he had to explain it. He said, no. I said, I really feel the Hispanic community is being targeted. So, you know, that brings so much awareness. And we keep working when it comes to exercise between officer theater exercise between the officers and the Hispanic community. All this we did it privately. So we don't have any type of, you know talk be around the people and scare them more and it's been extremely successful through those exercises at first uh the officers in the community did not want to touch did not want to be close but at the end they were practically dancing together you know and feeling what it is to be closer so all we had to do really is talk right all we had to do is communicate. All we had to do is listen. And we find out that it's not difficult to do that. And I'm going to keep advocating for that because that is what is helping the community to really make those reports. Mm-hmm. It's not about agree or disagree. It's about I need to lose this fear. I don't have to be afraid of you. I'm strong enough and I have some rights. And the, the Northchester Police Department has been very openly, you know, Chief Reggie Burgess, the chief that is today, was the first officer that installed Northchester 2003 before I came, put a table to communicate with the Hispanic community. He did that by his own. And, and he did it because he found this man on the graveyard close to that Latino that was killed in his pockets was out that means that they came just for money Mm -hmm. so since then it's been his vision to really find when we met that's where everything's changed because while he was doing his job 
I was working the community one door at a time, making sure that people report. And that, I think that is the way to go. I think sincerely organizations, government need to have a bridge, need to have leaders in the community that is being between them and the community. But we cannot do this with the heart of, okay, this is a business for me. We cannot go this like, okay, this is an advantage for me. I had to, after, after I survived cancer, I had to really think very hard and say, you cannot charge $1 for what you do. You're going to have to walk the walk, and you're going to have to do it in a way that is definitely for the people and, and also the community. And, and to me, the police department, for Latinos, many on the base, they feel safe. And people need to understand that, why they feel safe. It's not the police who is shooting them or robbing them. It's people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we definitely can say when it comes to immigration, that's another topic. It's a scary. Right. There's another police department they need to learn from, not Charleston. And I hope they receive that message because many are not doing the right thing. So we talked a lot about the challenges and shortcomings that you all have faced, um, you know, as a community and within the work that you all are are doing there, the great work that you all are doing there. Um, But you also, you know, are doing a lot of work in these rural areas. So what do you see that is good that is happening in rural South Carolina? I can't wait to be deep in the rural area. (laughs) Yes, I can't wait to bring our ideas to the rural area. So I think the rural area is waking up little by little. It's a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. I think we are respectfully far ahead of some areas, right? Mm -hmm. But to be honest, what we need is not difficult. We need to go to the rural area. We need to place mom and dads to train them how to, you know, communicate with the rest. It's more difficult because it's far away everything, right? Right, You have to really... But yeah, we are willing to take the challenge, you know. We are willing to get out there and travel. Uh, and obviously to be able to do that, we need support, right? right? We cannot just do that from the air or from, you know, <laughs> signals from the air. We right. have to really. So that's the plan for us. We are uh, getting, traveling little by little to the rural. That's what this documentary is traveling the state. And, and I really think, I don't know if I answered the question correctly, but I hope that our dream is to get there and, and, and look what we are doing and go ahead and learn from it. You know, watching us and watch others and, and follow through and create. Absolutely. That's, we have to have intentions. And, and sometimes we have dreams in the rural area and the base of community that we're so fearful of doing anything. Mm-hmm. All we have to do is start with the phone call. I'm really excited to see the impact that you ha- you all will have in those rural areas. Um, you know, we are always see in our work with the center the the disparities between you know urban and rural or city and rural. So I think for you all to be able to take you all's great work, especially with through the arts to rural children, it's it's going to be life changing for them without a doubt. Well, if I can tell you, one of the plans that we have is a school in the rural area okay. in the Hispanic community. Communication between the school and the parents. We want to focus on the parents. How are we going to do that? We're going to reinforce the parents to communicate better, to trust the school more, to communicate with the teachers, to be a volunteer, 
and to start visiting those meetings and, and to start understanding because the reality is that many Latino parents in the base, they don't even know how to go to the website to understand how it works or, or, or anything about nothing, right? right? And fear, again, we're going back to the fear is that. So we're going to start working in the rural area to unite the schools that wants to talk about this. They can call me anytime. If we can talk, how can we can unite five, six parents starting, right? Mm-hmm. We can start with two. And then we can bring everybody together. And it's not difficult to do. It's just a... It's a long process. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's a it's a work that no school can do. It has to become and come from the community within. Right, right. And that is something that not because the school the teachers don't want. It's because they are already bombarded and full of work. Right. So that is our work as community. And so very soon you got to hear about that too because that's our vision. That's very exciting. And I I want to acknowledge that you 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 the work that you are doing. Um, it really focuses on the family unit, I, I notice, and I think that's very important. Um, you know, you, you want to reach the children, but you also have to reach the parents. It's very important to make sure you mention and acknowledge everyone in, in a family unit to really have a stronger impact. So I think that's really good that you all do that. And not, now that you're saying that, when we do community service, the whole family is coming. Awesome. It comes the mom, the baby, and the stroller, the grandma, the uncle, the sister, the son, the, the daughter. And, and that, when you do that, when you get that tribe of family together and be able to put them in a place where they feel proud of serving their community, it's magic. I love that. It's magic. I feel the magic <laughs> just from hearing your passion and your voice. So I, I love that. So there are many definitions of rural. If you were to define rural to someone, how would you define it? Remember, I'm coming from the grassroots. Mm-hmm. So we in the grassroots, really, that, that's a question that I'm like, okay, rural uh, is families. Rural is family, you know. Everything to us is family. We, we don't define, you know, we don't define rural. We know that rural life is beautiful. I really like, you know, we really think that rural life is beautiful because is so uh to me it's health <laughs> i don't know you know many people wants to be in the city you know to me it's health so but it's family and in reality everybody can define rural in different ways like you just mentioned but to us it's people it's family you know it's health it is rural is health it's health I think we may need to adopt that <laughs> at the center. And of course, attribute it to you. <laughs> but thank you for sharing that. Um, so is there anything that you would like to share, um, you know, with um, the audience as we are wrapping up? Um, any last minute thoughts that you care to? You know, I just want to say thank you. I want, I'm very appreciative for this opportunity. I really do. And in our community, you know, our, our mom and dads, our volunteers, our, our director, Maribela Costa, deserve respect. And not only that, not only Latinos, everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Because we are in it together. So I just want to say thank you. And just looking at us when you want to, but it, this is not about Latinos only. 
this is a community um, as a whole. Right now, we are having conversation with the African-American community between the both bases, Latinos and African-American, and it's been wonderful. I mean, change is coming, and, and for the good, for the good of every single person here and the planet as well. Tell us how, um, if anyone is interested um, and would like to get involved, where can they find, find you all? Well, you know, I think it would be better because we have several pages to contact me at 843-819-5760 or send me a message and I will, I will send you all the pages we have. We have a Facebook, two pages, Arpod, Charleston, Aquí Estamos. We have the website and we have the movie. So, you know, it's a lot of information, but I'm willing to go one at a time. Just like I did when I worked the community one home at a time, I will answer one phone call at a time. I love that. That is the root of grassroots right there. Yes, ma'am. I appreciate you saying that. Well, for more information on our guest today and all the information that was mentioned, please check our show, show notes. We'll be sure to also share where you can get involved um, in the great work that Miss Lydia Cotton is doing. Um, but stay tuned for more episodes coming out soon. If you like what you've heard, please head over to iTunes and, iTunes and leave us a rating. Nothing less than five stars, preferably. And if you have ideas for guests you'd like to hear on our program, please let us know. We love to hear from you. And that is all for today. Thanks for listening to the Growing Rural Podcast. If you found the content valuable, please leave a rating on iTunes or wherever you listen so that others can find us. For more information, please visit our website at scruralhealth.org or find us on Twitter at SC underscore CRPH. This was recorded at the University of South Carolina in Columbia. Y'all take care.